This episode of the Dear America podcast is brought to you by 912united.com. If you are pro-America, then live like it's 912 and visit 912united.com right now. What's going on, America? And welcome to a special edition of the Dear America podcast. We had a really cool opportunity last week on our normally off filming days to film with not one, but two amazing guests about their brand new books. So you're going to hear first from Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her brand new book. We're going to get behind all the lies against this president uh, from someone who knows him firsthand and was actually there for the uh, Atlantic article scandal. And we also get an opportunity to talk to one of my favorite congressmen, Congressman Matt Gates and his new book, Firebrand, and all of the amazing things of what it's like to be in the swamp in D.C. And uh, yeah, not bend the knee. Enough talk. Let's get into the interviews. But before we get to Sarah, let's hear from our sponsor. All right. So most of you know that we have partnered up with Liberty University. If you have ever thought about going back to school, you should do it. I just enrolled for my fall semester classes to finish my degree because I'm finally going back to school myself. I know that it gets difficult and I know it can be hard, but you can do it with Liberty's easy work with you type schedule. They're pro-faith, pro-family, pro-military, pro-first responder. Go to liberty.edu slash America right now and have your application fee completely waived. What have you got to lose? Take back your education right now and do it the right way. Go to liberty.edu slash America right now. And without further ado, Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yeah. yeah. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing great. I wish I could have had you uh, do that intro into the briefing every day. That would have been, and if you could have stood next to me, I think that would have been really spectacular. Yeah. I have been trying to tell them for about three years now that they need like an announcer. <laughs> the and hype guy. Like, yeah, like a wrestling kind of let's get ready to, you know, kind of thing. And I, I'm President Trump. I'm your guy. That's what I'm trying to say all the time. <laughs> but we're here to talk about you and your new book, Speaking for Myself, which is out now. It's a fantastic book. We got it. Um, I dug into it a little bit the other day. And uh, it's an awesome book. You know, congratulations. Uh, h- how does it feel with the uh, with the book finally being out? Um, it's it's amazing. It's nice to uh, have finished the the book. It was a long process, a little bit of like kind of like therapy to relive some of these moments that I write about in the book. But very proud of how it turned out, and uh, my kids actually are impressed, which they. <laughs> not been impressed by basically anything I've done, but they put my pictures on a real book, as they call it. There so, you go. A real book. A real book. A real book. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so for the... If only I had known that was all it took to impress my kids. Yeah, there not you working go. at the White House, knowing the president. Yep. Getting my picture on a real book. Yeah, the only yeah. thing that my kids care about is that I know the dude perfect guys. 
that's it. <laughs> like every everything else they could care less about. But the dude perfect guys, mm-hmm. that's like that's like big deal stuff. So yeah. so for the audience that hasn't got the book yet, it, it can you can, can you give us like the Reader's Digest version of what this book is about? And then I have like a million questions for you, but 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 just for the audience, really quick, tell us about the book. Sure. So one of the things that I made me want to write the book in the first place is because I feel like there have been so many stories and so many negative books about this president. And my experience couldn't have been more different. I spent two and a half years working in the White House, another year on the campaign. But during my time at the White House for two and a half years, I spent almost every single day with the president. Um, I watched him in every setting that you can imagine. And I saw somebody who loves this country, who's fighting for this country. who takes just relentless attacks, but still gets up every day and keeps punching back and is staying strong and continuing to deliver for the American people. I wanted other people to see the Donald Trump that I was fortunate enough to get to see, to get to know over the course of my time at the White House. I um, hope that the story in there make people laugh a little, cry a little, and even inspire them some. I didn't want to write a book that's just for political junkies. I want it to be a fun and easy read that everybody can enjoy. Uh, frankly, I wrote a book that I would want to read, or go. at least that was my goal. And I hope that people um, see that and enjoy it when they read it. Yeah, well, that was my goal when I wrote mine. I wrote a book that I could read, you know, being from Mississippi. <laughs> so, you know, uh, so, so you're already off. Four letter so words. We, we have to say, and I have a lot of friends from Mississippi, but we have a, a state model. Thank God for Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, well, that's everybody's thing is thank God from Mississippi if it wasn't for them we would be in last place either way uh okay all right so no no I think that's great and and you know I think that that's so needed in today's political world in today's society I have seen so many attacks against this president now I didn't get to I haven't gotten to hang out with President Trump like you have but I have gotten the honor to meet him a couple of times and and you know we've gotten a chance to talk A little bit. And one of the biggest things that I tell people all the time is behind closed doors and and in person, President Trump is super like personable, like he's he's funny. You know, he he Mm -hmm. is very attentive to what you're trying to say. Well, what's it like? Because one of the biggest lies is that he is this misogynistic person that hates women. So, uh, you know, what, what is it? What was it like being uh, from from a female's perspective, working with the president all the time? You know, honestly, the president was one of my biggest defenders when the liberal women who were calling him those names were usually the ones attacking me and tearing me down. And not because of what my political beliefs were, but me personally, they attacked my hair, my makeup, my fitness to be a mother, even my ability to bake a pie, all of those things came from the mouths of liberal women who were constantly attacking the president, while on the other hand, the president was the one defending me, fighting back on my behalf. There was one moment in particular, and I write about it in the book, that was particularly uh, special for me and just very, again, impactful. We were in Japan. I'd had a particularly difficult week. I'd just been berated by the press. Some pretty uh, unfriendly things had been said. 
a lot of people around on the staff didn't really know how to address it so they just didn't everybody just kind of ignored it and acted like it didn't happen and if it didn't if we didn't talk about it then maybe we'd all move on past it and we're walking into a bilateral meeting the president's getting ready to sit down with the prime minister of japan and instead of just storming in there, focusing on the trade deal and other discussions he needed to have. He stopped me right before we went in and he looked me in the eye and he said, Sarah, you're smart, you're beautiful. And the only reason they attack you is because you're good at your job. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of slapped me on the shoulder and he said, um, you know, don't let the get you down. Now let's get back to work. And the way only Donald Trump could do, but it was in that moment, he knew I needed a little boost and a little encouragement. And he was the one to remind me that he had confidence in me. And that was what allowed me to keep pushing and keep fighting and keep showing up every day and fighting back against the liberal mob. Yeah. Uh, that's so, awesome. So, so I'm curious, um, Sarah, because I don't know the story. I mean, obviously your dad and everything, I mean, you know, you, you have grown up and, and, and been, in such a an interesting role for so long and um how did you even get to 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 to, to that point in your life in the first place well uh, you know like you said i grew up in a political family my dad ran for office for the first time when i was nine and so when most kids were going to summer camp i was hitting like the festival circuit passing out being like, will you please vote for my dad? So slightly different, but I loved the the process. I loved that you got to meet so many different people. Uh, I loved I got to see all the different parts of my state, um, all the hidden gems, and I just fell in love uh, with campaigning and politics and public service. And so I really dove in headfirst at an early age, but it was always much more of a behind the scenes role. I managed campaigns uh, for a long time. I led nonprofits and other organizations, uh, super PACs and things that helped candidates get elected, but it wasn't until 2015, um, I was actually managing my dad's campaign against Donald Trump because he was also running for president. It uh, didn't work out as well for, for him. Yeah. And when my dad got out of the race, I'd gotten to know the the pres- or the or candidate Trump at the time uh, and some of his team. And pretty quickly after my dad got out, went to work on the Trump campaign, but more in a strategic role. I went on as a senior advisor. And one day I got a phone call asking me, would you be willing to go on TV um, and specifically on CNN? I didn't know any better to say no to yeah. CNN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so I said, sure, why not? I'd been around the press. I'd done, you know, obviously a good bit of communications and messaging in previous roles. And I thought, why not? So I do. They call me back the next day and say, hey, you know what? You're not that bad. Will you do it again tomorrow? I said, sure. And it kind of morphed from there. And I started doing a lot more TV work. And after a couple of weeks, I got a phone call uh, from then candidate Trump. And he said, you're great on TV. Don't do anything else. That's where we need you. Um, and, you know, in true Trump fashion, I know a star when I see one. Yeah. This is where you <laughs> want. And just trust me, Sarah. And so it just kind of, uh, you know, blossomed from there. And I started doing a lot more of that. And once he won, um, I took on the role as the deputy press secretary under Sean Spicer. Wow. 
Uh, that's incredible stuff. I, I, you know, some of my, I mean, we love Kaylee like, like, like we do, but some of my favorite mic drop moments <laughs> in that White House press briefing room has come from you. And so, yeah. you know, well, well, we have a great time here. Uh, we've even like, we've even like shared like the videos of you dropping the mic and then like the shades come down thug uh, life. on your face. Yeah, the thug <laughs> life and stuff like that. Created by credit data scientists, the average score master user raises their credit score 61 points points in 20 days or less not a couple points 61 points one listener raised her credit score 102 points in just 11 days another raised his credit score 53 points in 17 days scoremaster is the new science that super boosts your credit score faster and easier than anything you've tried scoremaster puts you in control of your credit score this is how you add points to your credit score Fast. Having your best credit score helps every area in life. Getting a home loan, buying a car, refinancing, even getting a job. You should have the power, not the banks. And Scoremaster puts you in control. Enroll in minutes and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. You'll be shocked how fast you can do it. Visit scoremaster.com slash Graham. That's scoremaster.com slash Graham. What in the book? I'm curious what chapter is your favorite chapter in the book? Oh, that's a tough one. (laughs) Um, You know, I think one of the things, because again, I wanted to write a book and this may not be as quite as appealing to you, but as a parent, I I think you'll at least understand certainly the challenges, but the working mom chapter was very important for me. Um, I think so often women put so much pressure on each other to be perfect and to try to do everything and do it in a way that it looks great on social media instead of just doing it in a way that is great for them and for their family. And so that very important. Um, the other one that I think is probably a super close second would be the liberal mob in part because I don't know that we have ever had a more consequential election than we do right now. And I think it is so important for us to stand up against the liberal mob. Don't let them bully us. Don't let them destroy the country that we love. Because uh, if, if we sit quietly, I think that's exactly what will happen. And so the working mom is very important personally. The liberal mob is, I think, very important because of the message and the the strength that I think we need and the fervor that we have to have to fight back against the radical left and not allow them to keep burning our cities to the ground right, and destroying right. everything that matters. Right. So talking about the the, the liberal mob, I you know I really wanted to get this from you, and I was just at the uh, the team Trump studios there in Virginia and and we had this conversation and so I'd love to get your your take on it is that you know there's a lot of you know fake news going on right this second about the president and lies from this Atlantic you know article and whatnot about our president with the military and I know that very few people know the president behind the scenes more than you and so you know what is what is President Donald Trump like in regards to our military when the cameras are off? 
I saw somebody, and again, I traveled on every single foreign trip the president took during my time at the White House. Yep. Um, he interacts with the military in the building every single day. He is surrounded by men and women of our armed forces on the daily basis. And I never saw anything other than respect and admiration for the people that serve and protect our country. Um, going back to one of the, the moments where you see the president's heart was when he had to make those condolences calls to parents who had lost a son in Afghanistan. This was a one of the few times you see the president be uh, truly vulnerable. He probably wouldn't like me classifying it that way. <laughs> But uh, you could see the emotion that he made those calls with and the toll that it took on him. And he had said it was the hardest part of his job was having to do that. Um, I also watched him at a, an event where a veteran who had lost both of his arms leaned down um, and the president, knowing he couldn't shake his hand, reached up and touched his face, wanting him to feel that human contact. This is a person who day in and day out has demonstrated just respect and admiration for the people who serve and the people who sacrifice to keep us free. Yeah. Jay, you yeah. got a question? Actually, you were on one of my favorite shows, The View, the other day. <laughs> and when you said that, you said a very similar thing. Whoopi Goldberg laughed under her breath. Like, you know, that, that's the craziness of the left. So my question is, what do you think the the real reason is for all this hatred? I mean, it's it's on another level Hate, like, what is the real, in your opinion, uh, goal behind you know all this fake news and stuff like that? Well, I, I think there are a couple reasons that one, the media in particular, I think one of the reasons they hate the president is because he doesn't need them. He has mm. gone around them and he beat them. They said he couldn't win and he did. They said if he won, he'd destroy the economy. He didn't. They said that he would get us into all kinds of trouble uh, on foreign soil. He didn't. He's made our relationships better. He's put in historic trade deals. He's uh, just in the last month and today he'll be signing yep. two historic peace deals in the mm -hmm. Middle East. Um, he has done a tremendous job, and I think they are so angry that he did it all in spite of them. And he went around them. He went straight to the American people. And it is unheard of for a politician to be able to do that without the media, without the special interest groups. And he does it all on his own terms. And I think it drives them absolutely crazy that he beats them at every term. And, um, you know, I, I think that certainly drives a lot of that anger towards him. Right. Yeah. I um you know it's a it's an interesting place that we find ourselves in in 2020 and so you know we, we've got this global pandemic and we've got you know uh, apparently only conservatives can catch it when they go outside and uh, and and we've got people burning our cities to the ground we literally have people like taking parts of America and claiming that it's not America anymore and building barricades around it. What is, if you could summarize, and I know this is a super loaded question. So, you know, <laughs> if, if you could summarize what the, what the American people are deciding on in this election, you know, uh, in my, my opinion is it's either you're voting for America as America has always been, or, or at least we're trying to hold on to what America was, or you're, or, or you're voting to destroy America, in, in my opinion. What, for the American people listening right now from someone who is, uh, uh, you know, 
personally and behind the scenes, been with the president for so long. You know, what 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 are people truly voting for in this election? Well, I, I think the contrast couldn't be clearer between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Donald Trump is somebody who loves freedom and is going to protect it at all costs. He's somebody who actually loves America, doesn't apologize for America. He is somebody who is going to continue to push for law and order versus somebody who's going to allow chaos to become unleashed on American cities from coast to coast. He's somebody who is going to fight for empowerment of every individual, make sure people have the opportunity to have a real job, to get a good education. While I I think that Joe Biden will be so dominated and controlled by the radical left that he will make no decisions as president. It's very clear who the leader will be if Donald Trump is elected. It will be Donald Trump. You know what you're getting. Mm -hmm. With Joe Biden, um, he's not going to be running that show. He's proven he's not capable of it. He cannot stand up to the liberal mob. He can't not stand up to the radical left. If we want to continue to have that type of chaos and lawlessness, we've got a candidate for that. If we want somebody who's going to stand up and fight for the things that matter most in this country, freedom and faith and prosperity and safety and security, Donald Trump is the guy that can do that. All right. If we've learned anything from the craziness of 2020, it's how important the Second Amendment is. So go right now to our good friends at RedArrowWeapons.com right now for your 100% Made in America AR-15 rifles. Protect yourself and your family. Go to RedArrowWeapons.com right now. Just a couple more questions. I know your time is valuable, but but I'm curious what you think about this. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Rogan is in is in the headlines right now. Tim Kennedy was on his show and they were having a conversation. And basically, so so the thing on the table is a four hour debate uh, with no with no crowds, you know, social distancing between Donald Trump, Joe Biden and Joe Rogan. Uh, yes. mo- uh, moderating this thing, and of course Donald Trump within like twelve hours. Let's, let's do this thing. Uh, zero chance Joe Biden's handlers allow him to do this. Uh, do you think that that's going to hurt Joe Biden uh, turning that down? I also think there's zero chance that Joe Biden is actually physically in the same spot as President Trump when they debate. I think there's zero chance. Um, I think it'll be. Donald Trump standing there and then a TV. <laughs> I really do. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, when Joe Biden starts turning down these opportunities to debate Donald Trump, do you think that that's going to help turn the tide and, 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 and bring uh, th- those middle ground people, right? Because that's what, that's what the, the campaigns really all boil down to, yeah. right? Donald Trump supporters are going to be Donald Trump supporters. The truth is Joe Biden supporters are going to be Joe Biden supporters. You're really fighting for those middle of the road kind of on the fence kind of voters. Do you think that Joe Biden bowing out of the Joe Rogan thing, because Joe Rogan is the most popular podcaster in the world right now. I mean, that, that's a big deal. Do you think that's going to end up hurting Joe Biden and helping the president when it's all said and done? I I wish that it would, because I I don't think there could be anything better than America 
hearing directly from both candidates, really understanding who they are, what their vision for the country is, yeah. and and demonstrating their capability to lead our country um, through anything. If you can't handle a four-hour town hall with, with anybody, Joe Rogan or yeah. anybody else, then how are you going to handle the challenges that <laughs> come with being the leader of the free world, whether it's sitting down with Kim Jong-un or President Xi or fighting back against against uh, the things that China has unleashed on this country. How do you stand up to the toughest guys in the world if you can't handle a four-hour podcast right. uh, mm -hmm. here? So I wish I could say that it would impact Joe Biden. Unfortunately, I don't think it will because the media will give him a free pass. Hopefully right. – more of the American people will hold his feet to the fire, but I, I, the media is going to give him a free pass on this, and I think they'll give him a free pass on the actual debates. I do think he'll show up in person only because he knows he absolutely has to. Yeah. If he doesn't show up in person, um, he'll be just, even the media, I don't think could, could let that one slide. Um, but I don't think they'll be as tough on him as they will be on Donald Trump. Yeah. And if stands up there and is a, even coherent. He doesn't have to be good. He just has to be coherent for yeah. the hour and a half debate that it is. Mm. They'll declare him the winner and say, oh my gosh, he's the smartest man alive, best performance ever. Um, and so I, I do think that they're going to give him a free pass, which is unfortunate. However, I watched Donald Trump in 2016 use the debates as a way to completely shift the narrative and because he has the ability to, um, I think, catch people off guard and is can be unpredictable at times, I think that it could still be a very pivotal moment in the election and very yeah. important the president. Well, yeah. well, well, I agree. I, I think, I think, and I think the, the, the campaign knows that they know that they're going to lose the debates in the media's eye. Um, yeah. which, I mean, if you ask them even still today, Hillary Clinton won every debate that they, <laughs> that they did, you know? Right. And, and so I think that the campaign is looking to win with America and they could honestly care less what, what, what the news yeah, says. Yeah. Well, Biden doesn't need to go to the debates because he's going to get a hundred million votes in California alone. Yeah. So, yeah, so correct. Uh, even though I, I still, I still, the campaign told me I was crazy. Literally, they told me I was crazy last week. I still think Trump's got a, I think Trump has an actual shot in California this year. I really do, man. <laughs> Californians are pissed. I mean, they hate <laughs> Gavin Newsom. I'm telling you, the devil is here. Yeah. Gavin Newsom's like right here right now. And so anyway, maybe I'm crazy. Sarah. Right to be angry. Do oh you see my gosh. In their state. I mean, there's literally nothing that's going right. And they, you just have to ask liberals, like, why would we want the rest of the country to look like this? It's yeah. literally a complete and total disaster in every way possible. Yeah. Why would you want to unleash that on the rest of the country? You know how yeah. in 2016, uh, then candidate Trump told the, you know, the black uh, American or the African American community, you know, at this point, what do you got to lose? I think he should tell Washington state, Oregon and California, like at this point, yeah. I mean, what do you got to lose at this point? You might as well just try. <laughs> because God is like, literally sending fire God tornadoes. God is literally burning down like your entire area. And anyway, all right. That, that's another topic for another day. All right. So, Sarah, that one, first of all, thank you so much for coming yeah. on. But, but, but where can people go get your book and where can people support you? 
So speakingformyself.com, they can grab a copy of the book there or any place that books are sold. If they are still uh, hitting those stores, they can definitely grab it anywhere books are sold. But speakingformyself.com, I hope they'll grab a copy and I really hope they will enjoy uh, reading the book as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we'd love to have you on again. Uh, we're, we're trying to plan some some live feed streamings during the entire debates uh, kind of thing. So maybe we can get you maybe we can get you back on and make an appearance, uh, you know, live during during that stuff. But but what well, we love you here in South Carolina and uh, what we really appreciate you taking the time to come talk to us today. That'd be great. I'd love to come back and and thank you for having me on. I, I do have one request though. If I come back, I definitely want that intro again. Yes. So, oh. And I may, I may see if we can take this show on the road. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. just really upset you didn't bring that idea to me directly because I think I could have incorporated that into the briefing. So I've been, I've been telling the campaign yes. they need to they need to just set aside a little bit of money for a hype man during the briefing. A little light show. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want glory i don't want nothing just let me you know let's get ready to run. i think it'd be great i'm gonna come down on wires yeah 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 we'll have you like come in on the wires and <laughs> you know dry ice and all this other fog and everything anyway all right sarah god bless you thanks so much for coming thanks sarah you bet thank you guys all right see you all right bills.com being in debt sucks True story. Credit cards, student loans, mortgages, doesn't matter what kind, being in debt flat out sucks. Uh, I haven't always been an entrepreneur and I know what it is like to be in debt and it is not fun for sure, but there is a way to defeat your debt thanks to bills.com. If you're losing sleep over maxed out credit cards or stressed out thinking about your mortgage payments or student loans, bills.com can help you take back control of your life. First step to lowering your monthly payments and becoming debt-free is to get a free debt assessment. It only takes a few minutes and could save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars each month. From debt settlement to personal loan consolidations to student loan or mortgage refinancing, Bills.com has you covered. They're part of the Freedom Financial Network, which has been in business since 2002 and settled over $10 billion in debt. Take the first step to defeating your debt. Get your free debt assessment today. Go to bills.com slash Graham. That's bills.com slash Graham. Bills.com slash G-R-A-H-A-M. And without further ado, uh, definitely, definitely top two favorite congressman yes. right now. <laughs> definitely. I can't let his head get to him. On the metal stand. Yes, yes. <laughs> congressman Matt Gates is here. Thank you so much, sir, for joining. Yeah, all right. Thank you for joining us. And you have a new book coming out firebrand love the name it's aggressive i like it uh tell us a little bit about it what what, what can people expect with this book one when's it what, when's it coming out what, when when can oh, so people- the book's out today oh today yes. today yes today is the day it is happening and i have a vision for the republican party that does not return to the days of the romneys or the bushes or the cheneys i think that the populist 
energy that Donald Trump has injected into our party needs to be enduring. That means we put America and the American people first, not multinational corporations. We should stop the sort of invade everywhere, invite everyone view of conservatism from taking hold. And I think that there are some, you know, some folks in our party that are just hoping that Donald Trump is like an aberration, that he's a one off and that if we just hold our nose, we'll go back to some sort of country club Republican. I I tend to like the hunting club Republican. And that's why I think that uh, we need to ensure that this America first MAGA energy continues. And that's why I wrote about in the book. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's it's a crazy time to be alive. I have witnessed, especially in the past past three weeks. I don't know if you know this. I've been in Facebook jail for for the past three weeks. And so I've had a lot of time to really just kind of focus on what's going on the past three weeks. And every single day, I think, well, it can't get any crazier than it's getting right now. And then every day something else happens. Mm -hmm. What's it been like on your side of the woods, Congressman, in in the D.C.? Go ahead. I'm one of only I'm only one of four congressmen who is actually shadow banned by Twitter. So (laughs) I know what it's like to have my content labeled. One of the chapters in my book is actually entitled Big Tech Hates America. And I'll just level with you. The United States Congress is never going to push back on big tech because Congress is totally bought and paid for by big tech. I mean, Chuck Schumer's own daughter works at Facebook. And so when you have like the relatives of of major people who can stop legislation in these types of positions, it just becomes untenable. Now, there is a plan and it requires reelecting Donald Trump so that he gets the appointments to the FCC and also the Federal Elections Commission, because I think when you've got these tech giants that choose to suppress your content, my content, they are engaged in election interference. That is like real live, homegrown American election interference. And they drug us all around the world chasing 12 Russians for, you know, years alleging this election interference. And then you've got the these tech giants doing it right here. So I think that we've got to ensure the re-election of the president to accomplish that objective. But if we lose this fight, Graham, we're not going to win any of the rest of them because yeah. people aren't going to hear us. Right. No, no, it's very true. Yeah, I, I did see one tweet that you put out just the other day that I liked it a lot. Um, it's uh, who's fact checking the fact checkers. Yeah. And right. I, I thought that that was an amazing but yet simplistic, but yet amazing tweet because it's true. I, I can't tell you the last time I've seen a fact check on things that Joe Biden has said ever. But yet every time the president opens his mouth within two hours, we have a hundred articles every yeah. time the president lied or blah, blah, blah. Do, are you guys seeing the same bias that we're seeing when it comes to Joe Biden as opposed to the president? Well, not only are we seeing bias, we're not even uh, able to get a adequate defense from big tech as to the nature of their partnership. So I asked Jeff Bezos before the House Judiciary Committee, what's up with your partnership with the Southern Poverty Law Center? Yeah. The Southern Poverty Law Center has the power to declare like you or me a hate group. And they labeled, wait for it, Ben Carson an extremist because yeah. of his views, you know? And so like that is not defensible conduct. And when I asked Bezos, well, why is it that you, that you delegate this duty of your company to the Southern Poverty Law Center? He just sort of shrugged and said, yeah, they got problems over there too. So I think that we've got to peel back the layers of the onion as to who is really making, uh, you know, this, this, uh, 
country a place where we can't freely share our ideas without the fear that we're going to Facebook jail or Twitter jail. And look, if they could control what we see and what we think, they're going to be able to control how our country acts and behaves. And that is a relinquishing of freedom that no one should accept in America. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, if we don't have the freedoms as Americans to, to, to view for ourselves and make decisions for ourselves without mommy or daddy telling us what we can and cannot do, is that really freedom? Congressman, I want to talk to you really quick. The president announced today that he's going to make his selection uh, for a SCOTUS nominee on Saturday. Um, we have enjoyed quite a lot of leftist meltdown videos that have yes. happened um, and uh, with the unfortunate passing of RBG. But what is what is what is the temperature in uh, Washington right now, what is the temperature that you get to see behind uh, the veil of the swamp that you live every day? Uh, what's going on in regards to filling the seat? So I talked to the president yesterday about it, and you know he he's a good uh, he's a good poker player. He didn't reveal his pick, but he talked about the traits and the values that he wanted to see reflected. And one, he wants it to be a bold pick. He wants it to be a pick that creates excitement. And whether you agreed with RBG or not, she was sort of an exciting figure on the court, right? Absolutely. A cultural yeah. icon in her 80s, right? So I think with Trump, he wants he wants a pick that uh, will generate that type of enthusiasm. And, and frankly, he wants to uh, remain faithful to his promise to reshape the court in a way that uh, allows that entity to function in review of the law rather than construction of the law. That's not the right role of the judicial branch. And so getting an across the board conservative, very important to the president. And here's a fair question. Who would Joe Biden put on the court if he were elected president? Yeah. Because He's refusing to he answer. Has- yeah, like I'm starting to think he'll just go find one of the purple-haired, genderless warlords from the Chaz <laughs> yeah. and maybe like nominate them to the court uh, because we don't have the same level of transparency from Biden that we have from Trump. And I think that gives the country great comfort in his leadership. Matt, do you have any, is there any light at the end of the tunnel? Like filling this seat is a good example when there's clips of Obama, Hillary, Pelosi in the past saying, you know, it's the duty of the president to fill the seat even right before an election. You show these clips to liberals and it's like it never happened. I mean, are we going to even be able to have conversations when Trump's elected again with the Democrats or is it going to be a standstill for the next four years? Well, here's what we know. These people are not going to debate us on the issues. They're not going to sit down and like argue their trade policy versus our trade policy or their economic policy versus ours. Their whole deal is to delegitimize any leadership that conservatives have in this country, whether they delegitimize it through the Russia hoax, which I wrote about in my book, whether they did it through the Ukraine sequel. And now, you know, I suspect President Trump is going to win the election day vote by a pretty large margin. And then you're going to have Democrats trying to extend out the vote counting for weeks and weeks to again delegitimize his tenure as our president. So we have to be ready for that. And I think the best antidote is to use power when we have it. Didn't we learn our lesson when we had unified control of the government, House, Senate, the presidency, and like Paul Ryan was talking to us about three buckets of healthcare reform. Like, meanwhile, we should have gotten to the business of repealing Obamacare then, building the wall then, but too many Republicans were weak. And so as they increasingly try to delegitimize, we've got to restock in the Congress and with those supporting the president, you know, people who will come here for the fight and will use the power when we have it to save the country. Because you know what? 
our movement is still the joyous movement. I mean, you look at the Democrats, they're crying, they're enraged, they're melting down, they're burning things down. We want to wave the American flag and sing songs to each other and show how much we love our country. Right. I think that's the more inviting movement. And I actually think that's the essence of our victory. Yeah, uh, I agree, Congressman. Your new book, Firebrand, is out today. And from the title of it, I cannot wait to read uh, some of the, uh, how do I say this, politically incorrect things that, that are probably <laughs> in it. One last question for you, Congressman. And like I said, you have a unique view because you get to see behind the the veil of the swamp, as I call it. Um, I also believe what you believe. I think that President Trump is going to come out of this election. I think once the debates start, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are truly going to see the decline of Joe Biden uh, in full force. Um, do you think that things are going to get worse either way? Uh, my, my biggest fear is if Joe Biden wins, Obviously, the country is not going to do well out of that. But another fear that I do have is if if and when President Trump wins, the left will not concede to the victory. And which is another reason why we need a full Supreme Court going into this election. Do do, do you guys feel that same thing that we're feeling here? I hope that's not true, but it's easy to see why you would fear that dichotomy. Obviously, if Joe Biden wins, you're going to see the stock market tank. The downstream effect of that is that people won't be able to retire because their 401ks won't support retirement. So that'll make it even harder for the Zoomers who are now trying to get those entry level positions to get them because you've sort of got to get people moving in and out of the workforce to create that dynamism in the economy. And so I think there are real negative downstream effects if Biden wins and And I hope that if President Trump is again elected, that we can actually work on some stuff that we all agree on. I mean, President Trump really wants to do a comprehensive infrastructure bill. Democrats used to be for that, right? I mean, Democrats, like all the way back in the distant late 90s, were in favor of a wall on the southern border. Now, like, apparently walls are racist unless they're going up around the house of the governor of Michigan, right? Mm. And so, like, I I think that, you know, we would hope to extend uh, a hand of cooperation to Democrats should the president win. And and look, I mean, I think that we got major problems in the country that we got to solve. And the only way we're going to do it is by confronting them head on and rolling up our sleeves and getting to them. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Congressman Matt Gates' new book, Firebrand, is out today. Sir, where can they go to get the book? Uh, it's uh, on Amazon and uh, anywhere, you know, you get books. So <laughs> I don't know. There you go. I love it. And where can they go to see what you are doing? Hey, uh, check me out on my uh, daily podcast, Hot Takes with Matt Gates, on all your podcast platforms. Also on uh, Twitter at Matt Gates at Rep Matt Gates. We'll make sure you're never lonely if you follow follow us. <laughs> awesome, awesome, Congressman. We got to get you. We're planning some uh, some live feed shows during the uh, the debates. We'll have to get with uh, your people and see if you're available. We'd love to get you on during our live uh, show segment. Yeah, I love the idea of the Graham Allen ringside commentary that, of the presidential debate. Exactly. That, that is, you're gonna you're gonna be like the Max Kellerman of this thing. Yes, yes. Go. Well, that's the, that's the plan. So uh, we'll get with your people, and if you're available, we'd love for you to be able to Skype in with us and uh, hang out for a bit during the debates no problem if we can keep joe biden awake for the whole time it'll be remarkable (laughs) all right all right thank you sir we appreciate your time thanks matt thank you